welcome to another Scots We Hate podcast. And today I'm joined by Debbie Armour to talk all things Bordellan and the new album, A Tarot of the Greenwood. Hello, Debbie. Hi. Um, but so before we discuss the album, can you give us a bit of background to Bird Ellen? So uh, Bird Ellen is, um, well, it used to be my solo project, but it's my kind of duo effort uh, with another Scottish musician called Gail Brogan. Uh, you know, she makes music with lots of other people as well um, and solo as Pevkin. And we got together in sort of 2018. Right. And uh, we make, I guess, kind of spooky, drone-based, contemporary, traditional music. That, you know, that's really like that. interesting because I was trying to think, how would I explain uh, the music of Bird Ellen? Because there's no doubt for me, this, you know, including your other albums, you listen to a Bird Ellen song, you immediately know that's what it is. You know, it's got a real strong identity to it. Um, well, let, let's talk about the traditional songs, because you say there's traditional in it, but there is so much more going on. You know, you've got kind of, it's dark and atmospheric. Um, what was the inspiration and what's the aim of it? Um, I don't know what the aim of it is. I guess uh, to make the work that I want to see in the world I suppose mm -hmm. which I I mean I feel like that should be everybody's aim yeah <laughs> I guess I guess I know maybe that's not a well phrased question but I guess what I'm thinking is it creates such a kind of distinct world almost like a listening world with it and also you've got the visuals which we'll talk about as well um I guess that's what I'm thinking of it's creating a kind of the music yeah. that you don't get elsewhere yeah, I mean, it's very, uh, the the sort of conceptual, the conceptual stuff is um, is all me. That's mm -hmm. all my kind of um, domain. And uh, we do, we do strive to create a very kind of distinctive space mm -hmm. for you to be in. And each of the albums is its own space in and of itself. And within each of the albums, there is like, I, I like to look at them all as a sort of like series of like interconnected vignettes, mm -hmm. um, little kind of windows into um, different environments and different people and different um, different ideas. Uh, and the, the visual aspect of it is, is quite important to me as well. Everything should have like a nice strong visual identity in each of the separate pieces of work has a, a visual identity that goes along with it um yeah and it's quite important for me that the work also maybe a little bit perversely but the work also stands up outside of the conceptual framework of it you should be able to just like pick it up and for it to be good right yeah. <laughs> for it to be listable in the first instance and then if you're curious enough to find out there's hopefully lots more to to talk about yeah no absolutely um it's interesting when i first started listening to the album um you know you've got your individual tracks but actually after that it becomes almost like one piece of music mm, yeah it, it should it should that i'm so glad <laughs> 
I'm so glad that that's uh, how it feels. It's very much intended as a, a sort of suite or a cycle, mm -hmm. if you like. Um, you know, like we're interested in the and amongst the other sort of hinges that we're playing with in the record, the hinge between cartography and cartomancy. So it should feel like a map, should feel like a journey, it should feel like a uh, that kind of process. Uh, that's really interesting. And with the new album, you've got another structure to it, and that's in the structure of the tarot cards themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we did them in number order, just because that made the most sense. And when it came to put it together, actually, we we tried to do it different ways. You know, we tried to order the tracks differently. But actually, it is a it is a journey. Like the tarot in itself is a journey, and um, you know, it, it's it's just quite neatly reflected because the each of the songs is so thematically close to the card that it represents. Actually, of course, it just makes sense to do it in the order that they come up mm -hmm. in the deck. You know, and, and it feels nice and complete and, and satisfactory in that way. And also, with one exception, the songs get longer and longer and perhaps more, not more complex, but more immersive. Yeah, it should feel like you're um, going into the woods and then coming out again. That's that's kind of what that's what I had in, in my mind when we when we started to work on it and put it together. That's what I wanted it to be like. You're going deeper and deeper and deeper into the woods. And then uh, the star shows you the way out at the end. And it's up to you if you're any the wiser for it or not. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I mean, are you a tarot reader yourself? Not for other people, uh, generally. Although I do sometimes do readings for other people. Um, but yeah, I'm a big enthusiast uh, in, my, in my own life. I read for myself all the time and I collect decks. I have maybe like, 30 or 40 different um, decks that I've collected over the past 15 years or something like that. I'm a, I'm a big fan. And uh, is each card represented on the album? No, we, we chose nine. Yeah. Um, we chose nine in a sort of a dovetail between the music that I wanted to make and the ones that are sort of yeah i mean like it's difficult to say we didn't pick the cards first we picked the music first yeah, right okay and then and then um the cards kind of emerged from out of that uh, somebody asked me if we were going to do the whole major arcana the major arcana is like 20 odd cards uh, and it's really it's really tempting <laughs> it's really tempting i'm quite uh um i'm quite a completist Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like I like things to be whole and to go through the whole cycle, but uh, it feels it's sort of unimaginable at the moment that uh, another set of songs would just fit so neatly yeah. uh, together. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's difficult to say. I would love to do more, but it's just, it's all kind of, fallen together in a really kind of organic way and it's not very often that that happens yeah you feel almost if you were trying to to get that number then it, there would be something more forced about it mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, I i totally i totally think it would be it would be come the concept would be overriding 
the music and we always try and and be in service to the song right always 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 the song is the most important thing the song is the primary the primary thing like the concepts and everything are fun for me but the song is the primary motivator so how did the, the the songs come about were you in residency is that right did i read that you were yeah we got to do uh the summer studios residency at sage gates head uh in 2021 yeah just over a year ago and uh, we had five full days to just do work <laughs> to just make to just make work and gail and i you know that that kind of time is incredibly luxurious mm-hmm. for us i think for most artists actually having that kind of dedicated time where you don't have to do anything except work um you know you don't have to do emails and you don't have to make dinner and gail's got a full-time job gail's a civil servant you mm-hmm. know like uh, to have that time was really luxurious and it allowed us to to come away with basically the whole album done just about there was only one song that we hadn't um, finished by the time we left and it you know we were able to like bring the books and you know be really selective about the text and and do things that we normally do separately Mm -hmm. do them together which has made for like I think a, a much more robust piece of work much more kind of cohesive piece of work Mm. And in that says, were you working together differently? No. No. <laughs> Just it's working more, more together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working more together, like the way that we work. Um, I don't know. It's difficult to articulate it. Like, it, it's better for us to look at each other out of the corner of our eye rather than straight in the face. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you know, it like, does. I always imagine it like, you know, the the seven sisters, the stars, the constellation, mm-hmm. you can't see them if you look right at them. You can only see them if you can see them out of the corner of your eye. It's like that. If you look too hard at it, then it will go away. <laughs> you know what? That's really interesting. And it actually kind of fits the music as well because there's something... Um, not hidden's the right, the right word, but as you said, the corner of your eye or uncanny or something like that. Do you know, um, it's a. Let's talk a bit more about it. It's, a, it's in a kind of folk tradition, but it's a really dark and unsettling one. Is that? Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, I think it's fair. Um, I, I, I wish it wasn't intentional. It kind of is intentional. That's that's the that's the material that I like. And I like it because it's the same things that are dark now that were dark 500 years ago. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I really enjoy the, the stasis of it. Like, the things that make us happy now are not the same as the things that made us happy 500 years ago, right? Yeah. So, like, the things that um, women talk about in songs, for example, when they're happy are not the same. They don't really reflect my experience or my life as a contemporary woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bad things that happen and the things that are scary and the things that are difficult and the things that are challenging are all the same and uh, I, I like that I like that stasis I like that kind of thread um, of notion 
uh, and that that thread of relatability um, and you know plus I just am a bit spooky. <laughs> just... <laughs> It's, it got me thinking about when you do have, uh, whether it's uh, books or, or, or film, perhaps recently, which is dealing with kind of similar things, it's often historical. It's often, you know, I was thinking of the Witchfinder General or something like that, or, um, you know, even Kill List, these kind of films, where they go back to history to make comment on what's happening today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think that the comment makes itself right like I don't like nobody really needs for me to like get on stage with a sandwich board on saying here by the way men are still terrible and all that with my bell like do you know like that doesn't it doesn't need to be said you know like oh you know women still struggle to access appropriate you know prenatal health care like do you know like that <laughs> there's plenty of other people saying that in in more explicit terms and I always resist changing the lyrics to make them more palatable. Like a lot of other singers do that. A lot of traditional singers say, oh, I, I won't sing this song or I do sing this song, but I change the the verses and I change the text because it's just unpleasant. And I don't, you know, I don't really want to like perpetuate those ideas and I don't really want to, um, right. yeah, like give that an air. Uh, but I prefer for people to be uncomfortable so that they can ask themselves why they're uncomfortable. And, you know, are they still uncomfortable when they leave? Maybe that's something that you want to think about a bit more. Yeah, that, that, uh, that idea of being uncomfortable, it's something that is, um, I guess, yeah, you maybe don't even think why it's making you uncomfortable, but the, the, the music goes along with the, the subject matter as well. And is often, it's twisted, is that a right word? It's not all traditional. There's electronic music there. There's different layers of the music there. There's surprises mm -hmm. often there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that um, the tradition is robust, right? The tradition, there's lots of people much cleverer than me have been collecting and writing and gathering and recording and documenting and archiving for a very, very long time. And if you want to know what all of the material that we use like you know should sound like in a mm. traditional setting then mercifully you can do that and that's wonderful and you know in many ways nothing gives me more joy than to stand in my bare feet with no PA and sing just sing mm. and I think that the the good songs and the songs that are worth singing are absolutely uh, you know it's good to do that it's fine to do that it's proper to do that um, but also no one's going to lose the songs down the back of the sofa anymore, right? Yeah. You can play with them, you can have fun, you can uh, take risks and you can experiment a bit. And, you know, I would hope that that kind of will to innovate and that will to, to, to move it maybe into a different audience and, and move the ideas and the songs into a different space is uh, seen by the community as something positive. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm viewed as a traditional singer because I don't think I am viewed as a traditional singer. Right. Um, I I think there's this stereotype that the folk scene is that kind of very traditional and maybe 
well, but I think that's changed. I mean, that's not just your own music, but other people as well. That seems mm. to be massive. Mm. Yeah, I think it is changing. I don't think it has to or it needs to no, or no, it no. ought to, you know. I think it just is because that's just what happens. And if you are, if you're treating the material with care, then there's no reason why it shouldn't change, right? Um, I think it's like good practice to know what you're singing about and good practice to know where it's come from mm -hmm. so that if anybody ever asks you, you can tell them. If anybody's ever curious about it, then you're able to tell them. And again, you know, we're always wanting to be in service to the song. Mm -hmm. The song is paramount. The song is, even with all the bells and whistles that we have and all of the kind of other things that we hang on it, all the tinsel that we hang on the song, you know, the ideas and the notions and the the chat and the blether and the artist residencies, you know, like whatever you want to do with it, like the song is still the thing that is mm. the most important. And I, you know, I hope that that is intact. I hope that that is something that comes through in the work. Um, you know, it's from a place of respect, always. Can you talk about some of the inspirations behind your music and songs? Uh, oh, well, there's loads. Um, I have lots of favourite singers that I really like. Um, I like June Tabor. She's a, a big favourite of mine. Sylvia Barnes. Um, Shirley Collins, mm -hmm. who's, you know, a radical. Yeah. You know, a real innovator still in her 80s, making bonkers albums with, like, you know people's homemade hurdy-gurdies and stuff you know she's still like pushing away at the edges like yeah. um and i really admire that frankie armstrong who i've been lucky enough to work with in the past um real kind of like dynamic women with characterful voices who are still making work you know well into their 70s and 80s you know really uh important singers and tradition bearers i love those people um i also like uh, I don't know, Death Grips, quite into like sort of weird, dark, contemporary hip hop. Right. Um, <laughs> I like the Cocktail Twins. I like, uh, what else do I like? Kate Bush, obviously. Everyone likes Kate yeah. Bush. Um, yeah, lots and lots of things. We Like Gail and I both have quite kind of eclectic taste. Um, I think what's often interesting is the, in, the inspirations of the influences that you maybe don't hear directly in the music, or that aren't even musical themselves, that are mm -hmm. a film or just other things. Because you said that the kind of Burdell and aesthetic, if you like, is yours. You know, that's mm -hmm. the things mm -hmm. that you're interested in. Um, so are there things which aren't musical that feed into that as well? Yeah, Bergman. Bergman's a big influence. Love that. Icy, yeah. frosty, black and white, um, brutalism. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, maybe like um, Ethel Cahoon, the painter. I really like her. She makes sort of weird, abstract, psychedelic folk landscape kind of things. Well, she made, she's long gone. Um, I like her work a lot. I also, what else do I like that's not musical? Um, I read a lot. Mm -hmm. a lot of things. I, I, the reason I'm asking that is because there does seem to be a kind of uh, folk 
otherworldly tradition that's you know feeds into things like myths and legends and storytelling mm. and uh, all of those things that again harks back to you know telling a story kind of hasn't changed that much over a period of time as well yeah yeah that's that's so true that's so true I think um you're always telling a story right like yeah. You're always telling a story if even if you're like Ariana Grande, right? Mm -hmm. You know, her like our Taylor Swift. She's a great storyteller. Yeah. You know, like really um she's telling her own story usually, but there's always like some kind of like grain of universality to it, right? Even though it's like intensely personal, um, you know, uncomfortably personal, actually, mm -hmm. a lot of her work. Um but there's still this kind of root in this kind of road in of accessibility because she's talking about something that you've probably gone through yourself um and you know that's exactly the same as singing songs from 500 years ago yeah like if it resonates it resonates because it's you know it's a good story and it's the same as when you are using the cards right if you're reading your tarot cards you're actually just using tools to access things about yourself that you already know and tell yourself a story mm -hmm. about what's about what's happening like every time you do a spread every time you do a read you're like laying out like a little narrative a little story and let's talk about the tarot cards because you've actually got you've got i mean the album cover is beautiful but there's also tarot cover uh, cards as well yeah, uh -huh. so uh, we have worked with um, a Scottish artist called Kieran Milne, um, who made the cover of our first record, actually. All right. Um, he drew that, and we worked, well, I worked with him to design a little suite of nine, the nine cards that feature on the album. And uh, in the special edition, you get like a little deck of all nine uh, yeah they're very cool they're very cool it was really fun to do it's quite self-indulgent to do but <laughs> you know if you're gonna like make your own records and run your own label then I think you should be self-indulgent and put silly things in with your CDs well no absolutely if you're not going to allow yourself to do it no one will right I, I guess you say can people pre-order the album and get their set of cards if they're quick yeah, they can if they're quick. There's, I think, about 40 of the special edition left, but there's been such a strong response to the tarot cards that I think I'm probably going to make them available um, on our Bandcamp. Everything's on our Bandcamp. The pre-order's open now, and the album's coming out on Halloween. Of course. Of course <laughs> it is. Dream life. <laughs> well, you mentioned it's coming out on Mavis Recordings. Mm -hmm. which I mean, you are Mavis Recordings, is that fair to say? Yes, I am, uh, for my sins. I just was like, what could I do to make my life more difficult? Why don't I start a micro-label? That would be really great. Yeah. No, um, we... I don't know if it's going to be a permanent home for Bardellin. Do you know, right. like, I would never exclude working with another label in the future. There's lots of people that we would love to work with. Um but for right now it's kind of what needed to happen and um i don't know if you've noticed but there's been a bit of a global pandemonium mm. on and it's quite hard to be a touring musician at the moment <laughs> quite difficult um so 
um it's, it's a kind of vague attempt to sort of diversify i do i really hope to put other people's things out on the right. label if you've got things to send me send them to me hiya at mavisrecordings.com i'll put the link to your website Unless, when i'm on the, when we do the post absolutely yeah please do send them to me unless they're terrible because that would be embarrassing for me and for you exactly know your own <laughs> so you mentioned uh, the troubled with touring are you going to be playing the album live are there plans for that uh, yeah there are plans for that we're hoping to get out on the road in march um uh, we'll be announcing dates for that in the next week or two um it, I, one of the many 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 benefits of uh, being able to make the work really together on residency is that it is transportable live the studio version is hugely kind of lush and expansive mm -hmm. and um it won't be exactly the same but all of the songs are playable live because that's how we made them yeah. and that's that that feels nice that feels like a kind of hearkening back to the beginning of the project which was something that was quite important to me at the beginning of the project that no matter what we wanted to do that we should be able to do it on the stage yeah and you know with one thing and another we kind of drifted away from that a bit um but yeah no this this is going to be playable live except for the alistair cover that's not <laughs> that's well, sadly not I mean, is that how you would maybe do it? Would be from beginning to end, you know, that that idea. That's a good question. Um, maybe yes, yeah, that might be nice to do. That might be nice to do. Maybe kind of do like a two set kind of guy, like do some some of the hits. Yeah. <laughs> some of the greatest hits about the drowning babies and stuff at the start, and then do the really weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. like your bush. one side is you know the pop hits and then the other side is the yeah yeah big uh, hounds of love vibes yeah we're going to be out across uh the whole of the uk actually um really? in in march so stay tuned for the dates of that we'll be sure to let people know when when that is and I mean, I was going to ask what's next for you, but you're, you're doing so much. Is it even possible? Are you even thinking about what's next for Bob Ellen or is this taking up everything at the moment? Well, I am at... I'm always thinking about what's next for Bob Ellen. Yeah. That's, uh, that's my, my, my okay. cross to bear, right? Uh, I've already sent an email to Jim, our engineer uh, and producer, and unofficial third bird, uh, I sent an email to Jim and Gail saying uh, the subject line was the next thing, lol, but actual the next thing. Yep. So it's it's uh, in in the process. I'm I'm making making lots of lists in my notes app with weird like words in them and free association and stuff like that. It's happening. I'll look forward <laughs> to that as well. But for the moment. It's a stunning album, Debbie, I have to say. I hope it Thank you. reaches the, the uh, listenership it deserves. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm really, I'm really proud of it. I think it's, I think it's gone the way that I wanted it to. And, uh, you know, we got to work with some really great people. So, yeah, Fantastic. We're, we're pleased. And thanks for taking the time to have a chat with me today. Oh, thanks for having me. I love doing podcasts. It's my favourite thing. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> And we'll be back soon with someone completely different. Cheers.